See, one of the most common misconception is the moment you talk about IVF, people they think it is somebody else's baby. Yeah, you know that it's they unnatural, know, maybe. Yes, they do not understand that it is their own gametes. It is, you know, the couple's own gametes which actually becomes an embryo which is transferred into their body. It is not somebody else. Welcome back to Fertility Tales, powered by Nova IVF, where we discuss crucial perspectives in the world of IVF treatment. I'm your host, Simrat, and today we have a remarkable guest with us. She's a woman of science and an expert clinical embryologist who has been creating lives, quite literally, for over two decades now. Dr. Sujata Ramakrishnan, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me here. It's indeed a great pleasure to be here with you this afternoon. Doctor, uh, since a lot of people do not know about embryology mm -hmm. and what it means in IVF, mm -hmm. could you help us understand a little bit about the science of embryology? Okay. See, embryology is a field of medicine mm -hmm. or a field of biology which involves the study of creating embryos. Okay. Right from the process of fertilization, like from an egg cell and a sperm cell, you create an embryo and you nurture the embryo outside the human body. So the entire process is embryology. Oh. Doctor, now that you've explained that mm -hmm. uh, embryology is the science of creating embryos mm -hmm. outside the human body, mm -hmm. could you tell me the role of an embryologist? What does an embryologist actually do? Okay. So, you know, like there are multiple steps because mm -hmm. the entire process of creating an embryo, it is a, a dynamic process and it takes quite a bit of time. Like it runs almost uh, two, five, six days. Oh. So the role of an embryologist is one, to maintain the place where this work happens. Uh, to be very, uh, you know, like to say in a layman's term, you are creating an artificial womb outside the human body. Oh, magical. So, when you have a, an artificial womb, you have to take care of it. Correct. So, and the role of an embryologist is to maintain that place. Second one is you identify the best egg and the best sperm to create the best embryo which can result in a live birth. Third... So, the process of this, you know, like putting the egg and sperm together or putting the sperm inside the egg, mm -hmm. this is done by the embryologist. Oh. And the third thing is, like either you transfer it inside the human body or you uh, cryopreserve it. So, the process of cryopreservation, like you uh, keep the embryos at minus 196 degrees Celsius, so that is also done by the embryologist. So, doctor, where does this magic happen of creating the embryos and... Uh, maintaining them? So, it happens in the IVF laboratory. Okay, so, uh, IVF laboratory, you know, if you actually think of it, it has three components. Mm -hmm. One is the physical component, meaning the ambience, the air quality and the temperature, you know, maintenance of temperature inside the laboratory and the humidity. Mm -hmm. Why humidity? Because embryos are actually very minute cells and they are grown in very minute droplets of culture media. Mm. So for this culture media to stay intact like that, shouldn't evaporate like evaporate. Okay. So imagine like placing a drop of water 
on a surface and then allowing it for one hour what happens like after an hour you will not even see it it would have disappeared yeah. but then you have to maintain an embryo in that small droplet of culture media for 5 to 6 days mm. so without any change in the volume for that the humidity is also very important got it see different places there are the different humidity you levels have to maintain a certain level of yes, humidity yes yes there's a fixed level so that is the physical component of an ivf lab okay the second thing is the place where act, the actual embryo lives you know it the home of the embryo for the time being the yeah 5 yeah. to 6 days so that is the incubator okay now okay. incubator so, yeah so the so equipment is the second part or mm-hmm. the second component of an ivf lab now that's in uh, uh, incubator you also have uh, something called as a laminar airflow cabinet okay so this is a, a sterile place see room as such is very sterile but then lot of people are walking in and out people mean like embryologists are walking in yeah. and out see any place when a person walks in the sterility automatically will go down how much ever you have filters or you clean the air mm-hmm. this is bound to happen but the embryo cannot be exposed to such a level of uh, uh, pollution mm-hmm. so all the work which where the embryo uh, you know like is handled it happens inside a laminar airflow cabinet which is very very sterile okay so proper okay. hygiene and yes. sterilization is maintained yes. all right so equipment becomes the the second component of an ivf lab the third component is the embryologist himself or herself because you know like you have to maintain this place and you have to process the whole thing like you have to create this fertilization uh, or you have to initiate this fertilization process and then you know the final thing like you transfer it back into the uterus mm-hmm. or you uh, transfer it back into the liquid nitrogen tank so the skill of the embryologist forms the third component all these thing put together forms the ivf lab so, right. so an ivf lab really plays an important role along with the skill of the embryologist yes. to give you a good healthy yes. pregnancy yes that's very fascinating See, all three are equally important sometimes you know what happens the embryologist would be extremely be skillful which can actually compensate for a little bit of uh, what would you say I mean like if there is any problems with the environment it can the embryologist skill mm-hmm. actually can compensate for that yeah. but not to an extent not to an extent of so, the environment yeah the ivf lab sounds like such an important uh, component in somebody's ivf journey mm-hmm. and you've actually broken it down that it's not really a test tube baby mm-hmm. i mean could you can you paint a picture mm-hmm. where uh, you know when people say ivf mm-hmm. and test tube babies mm-hmm. they think of a science lab with multiple experimentations mm-hmm. but uh, the way that you've broken it down mm-hmm. it looks and it it seems as if it is a very um, well managed mm-hmm. environment with mm-hmm. a lot of equipment that helps you to deliver the best quality of embryo mm-hmm. for people see this the term test tube baby it came from uh, the earlier days where actually all this work was done in test tubes ivf has come a very long way like 
when they did it in the 1960s yeah the creation of embryo actually happened in a test tube now we have moved from a test tube to a petri dish right. so mm-hmm. that you know like it's much more convenient imagine looking at a test tube under the microscope the depth will not give you a good view but whereas if it's a, pl- a flat petri dish it helps you to identify the embryo very clearly right. so lot of changes have happened and this is one of the change so the creation of embryos does not happen in the test tube but then that name still remains like test tube baby it remains doctor given that you work behind the scenes mm-hmm. in the lab and uh, healthcare is a very collaborative effort mm-hmm. uh, could you tell me a little bit of your collaboration with the fertility specialists mm-hmm. that are the doctors and what is how do you get the best possible outcome for your patients see embryologists are scientists meaning they can only take care of the cells they would know how to uh, give the right condition for the cell to grow beyond that like which is the right thing to do for the patient is something which is not their expertise mm-hmm. like it is a, a clinician's forte okay. so unless there is a proper dialogue between the scientist and the consultant the process will not be successful so definitely there has to be in a daily interaction or a very regular interaction between the embryologist and the clinicians to get the best outcome so right from uh, like uh, mentioning about the quality of the gametes and the number of the gametes and what stage they are in whether they are mature immature all this information have to be conveyed to the consultant because mm-hmm. that would actually help them to identify the best way you know the best method to make the patient pregnant so the best course of treatment for the patient yes, yes. Right. so there is there has to be a constant dialogue between the laboratory and the clinician for successful outcome hmm. that sounds very collaborative yeah doctor it's like you're playing god mm-hmm. in the lab mm-hmm. uh, creating embryos mm-hmm. realizing people's dreams of parenthood mm-hmm. um would you be able to share a humbling experience with us see when you say uh, playing god i remember a foreword written in a textbook which said you are not actually uh, playing god like you should not play god you should only think that you are assisting god in his creation Wonderful. okay so that is something which i read very early in my career so you know i always remember that but seriously i'll tell you like when you take cells and then you create embryos yeah. and you see them grow you know day by day and then suddenly one fine day somebody brings you a baby and then says like doctor this is your baby you created the baby and you know you really have all the reasons to feel very uh, high because you know like i think all creators are that way right like yeah. they have an element of uh, uh, what would you call i wouldn't call arrogance but then you know like something like that mm-hmm. but then i'll tell you every day in an ivf laboratory like you have you can have multiple moments which will actually bring you down to the reality you have your successes and your failures yes sometimes you know like your failures are more and sometimes for some you can give a reason but for many you will not have any reason i remember a couple like uh, the wife 
immediately after her marriage she conceived she had one baby then she had second baby a few years later and unfortunately when the children were uh, in their teenage they died one of them died in some accident and the other one died of snake bite or something like that the woman was still in her early 30s and she because she had a tubectomy done she comes for ivf what would you think you know such a clear cut case mm. she had conceived normally and she's still not very old she's still in her early 30s and so this is a very easy case but then what happened like we did ivf we created embryos we did multiple transfers nothing happened oh. then they changed one gamete they said maybe you know like the egg is not okay because she's in her 30s okay so uh, uh, it was a donor gamete the second attempt it still it didn't work then the third attempt they thought okay change both the gametes and a patient was suggested to have donor embryos and still it didn't work not and sure. all the time they were very good embryos so you know that actually makes you think i don't want to be very a uh, philosophical or a spiritual uh, here what i'm trying to say is science can science you know we know only to a certain extent there is much more you know Beyond which we do that. not know which maybe eventually we will get to know but at the moment we do not have explanation for everything so you know incidences like this actually tells you that even the best of the embryos may not implant that you have to keep trying doctor you mentioned a word uh, mm-hmm. called blastocyst mm-hmm. in fertilization mm-hmm. could you please break down the fertilization process for us and the viewers to understand what it Uh, entails okay so uh, blastocyst is actually a stage of the embryo that okay. is the last stage beyond which you cannot uh, keep the embryo in the laboratory okay so that's the stage but how do you create a blastocyst that's by this fertilization process so fertilization actually means putting the sperm and the egg together correct the initial days of ivf mm-hmm. what they were trying like they would uh, pick up the eggs they will uh, collect the sperm clean the sperm and then they will put them together in the petri dish so here what happens like from million sperm you have added to the petri dish one smart one would you know like wriggle its way into the egg once the first sperm enters the egg the egg will actually tighten its boundary mm-hmm. so that other sperm will not enter you can clever. see clever and then you can just see the wonder mm. you know of creation because see you are just leaving an egg like that without its uh, uh, guard so multiple sperm can enter right but that doesn't happen biology has all these checks in place so this process like where you add the sperm and egg together this is ivf that is in vitro fertilization this is what people were working earlier okay but then in many cases you know what happens the shell of the egg or the covering of the egg is very uh, uh, tight or very uh, hard mm-hmm. so that it is difficult for the sperm to enter it like to pierce through the cover and enter the egg okay so some scientists were working on that so what they did actually you know like they picked up few sperm and then using a glass needle they pierced the egg and then they were putting it in the corner of the egg okay this was just they were trying and they realized that that egg fertilized 
so that oh. actually started this process of injecting a single sperm into a egg okay so here the advantage is you do not need many sperm for example if you have 10 eggs it's more than enough if you have 10 sperm because you're just picking up a single sperm and you're placing it inside the egg second thing is you are ensuring that that sperm has already entered the egg Mm-hmm. so you know like there is no doubt in that process otherwise what happens you add the egg and sperm together you will have to wait till the next day to check if fertilization has happened hmm. but here in this case you are sure because you have injected that single sperm into the egg so this process is called as fertilization okay from that day onwards the actual uh, formation of embryo happens so you know this when you do fertilization it's a single cell mm-hmm. the next day it would become two cells and then by next day afternoon it would become four cells these are called as cleavage stage embryos okay so the cells are getting yeah. divided Divide. and, and then growth. they multiply okay you know from four cell they become eight cell and eight become 16 and after that you will not be able to count okay. because you know this is a three dimensional structure mm-hmm. like under the microscope you will not see it so you know like you will only see a bundle of cells correct so the cell will grow and finally it will reach a stage called as the blastocyst hmm. here you know like the cell actually would enlarge in size and there are two different types of cells in that embryo one which actually becomes the baby and that is called the inner cell mass and there is an outer layer which actually becomes the placenta okay so this particular stage of the embryo is called as the blastocyst all right that's very fascinating to mm. understand doctor what is that process of uh, injecting a single sperm into the egg it is called as intracytoplasmic sperm injection that is you are injecting a sperm into the cytoplasm of an egg all right so, so there's IVF which is the regular fertilization in yes. the petri dish yes. and then there is ICSI which is a single sperm yes. injection yes okay doctor for the viewers who are interested in taking up embryology mm-hmm. uh, what advice do you have for these aspiring embryologists uh, what are the best schools whether in india or abroad see embryology uh, training programs have come up very recently mm-hmm. in the earlier days you know people would just learn things from scientists who are coming from abroad okay. like say for example i got trained uh, with the scientists from national university hospital singapore and from uh, down under fertility services in sydney so you know like that i'm sure uh, many embryologists of my era would have got trained like that but now we have lot of uh, universities offering courses on clinical embryology okay and it is actually become mandatory now because uh, our government has uh, issued certain directives or the art rules mm-hmm. which says that an embryologist definitely has to be at least an msc in clinical embryology okay. can be uh, with phd or you know with mbbs but there are certain criteria for that so regarding uh, the courses Now, there are multiple courses in uh, in india like mm-hmm. there is one in manipal and there is one in uh, mysore and there are a few other courses in the uh, north of india but all these things actually they give you a theoretical understanding of embryology Correct. because you will not have patients material to train on because for that you know like you have to join an ivf unit and then you actually have to get trained on work 
During their course, they would have uh, got trained using animal cells like mouse cells or you know uh, embryos from sheep or bovine uh, origin. and then they have to come and work in an ivf laboratory and then learn uh, these skills okay. uh, on their job okay uh, in nova like we do we give training see even uh, when a trained embryologist come to us we do not immediately put them to work you know we have a validation protocol where we would let them handle certain things like mm-hmm. certain procedures under the supervision of some seniors in the lab Is this an academy? Sorry, is this an academy? It is an academy, like with a, a full-fledged person and a very senior embryologist with close to twenty years of experience as the trainer. Okay. And then who would look into the minute aspects of training? You know, how do you hold your pipette, and how many? Uh, you know, like how do you handle the petri dishes? Right from the basic thing to advanced technology is. it's just not that we are uh, starting them from scratch we are actually fine tuning already uh, educated embryologists like people who come with a masters in embryology we fine tune them with our experience and with our uh, resources okay and what is this academy called and where is it it is called nasset uh, it is nova academy for clinical embryology training it is in bangalore okay and uh, Uh, you know like most of our embryologists in the last 2 years are going through this academy oh that's really fascinating yeah. doctor mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to ask what are some common misconceptions or myths about embryology and ivf that you wish to debunk see one of the most common misconception is the moment you talk about ivf people they think it is somebody else's baby yeah you know that it's unnatural it, maybe yes they do not understand that it is their own gametes it is you know the couple's own gametes which actually becomes an embryo which is transferred into their body it is not somebody else's so this is one of the major misconception the second one being like they are worried about the health of the baby would ivf babies be normal this is another question which you know people always ask but i think programs like this actually should create awareness among millions of couples in this country who require ivf treatment and who should actually which actually should encourage them to approach an ivf clinic for treatment because see what happens is uh, infertility is a multifactorial issue age being one of the major factors right. so the if you just sit and wonder about all these things you know age kind of goes and then you reach a stage where it will be very difficult for you to do uh, for you to conceive even after treatment mm-hmm. so i think you know that awareness has to be created so more people have to come if they need treatment without you know worrying about uh, if the baby would be theirs if the baby would be normal and all that and the endeavor would be to break the taboo around ivf and infertility and treat it as like any other disease yes. any other problem that a human faces yes that yes. that is our endeavor at fertility days yes. at nova ivf yes. dr sujata thank you so much it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on fertility tales Thank you for enlightening us and our audience on the critical role of embryology and the journey towards parenthood and also touching upon the multiple facets of infertility. For those tuning in, thank you for joining us in this riveting discussion. Don't forget to like, 
subscribe and share and also raise awareness on this important aspect of infertility. Till next time, this is your host Simrat signing off. Thank you so much.